Welcome to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast, coming to you from Gilbert, Arizona. We pray that God will bless your time as you listen. Dear friends, welcome to the third Sunday of Advent. Last Sunday we lit the second candle of Advent, which symbolizes faith. It is known as the Bethlehem candle, a reminder of Mary and Joseph's journey to Bethlehem and call to remain faithful. That same last Sunday, John the Baptist challenged us to radical conversion by preparing the way of the Lord to make his path straight. Every valley had to be filled and every mountain and hill leveled. Winding ways had to be strengthened and rough roads made smooth as we await the Lord's second coming to prepare the way of the Lord, we are called to a life of conversion. And Prophet Isaiah described it in the geographical terms, using the topography of the people of his own time, where you have the valleys, the mountains, the hills. Use it to describe our sinful situation. Pride is described as the mountains, the hills, our brokenness, our sinful nature, the valleys that we have to fill up, our crookedness, the winding ways have to be made straight. And this season calls us to repentance and conversion. Today being the third Sunday of Advent, we light the rose candle known as the Gaudate Sunday, symbolizing joy, symbolizes joy. The third candle is called the shepherd's candle. The shepherd's candle, a reminder of the joy the world experience at the birth of Jesus. Rose candle is used and the priest wears rose vestments to indicate midpoint of Advent. Therefore, we have to intensify our effort towards successful celebration. Joy is the team of the third Sunday of Advent, and it cuts across all the readings. Prophet Zephaniah sets the tune by inviting the people of Israel to shout and sing joyfully, be glad and exult with all your hearts, as the Lord has removed judgment against you and turn away your enemies. You have nothing to fear anymore. If he has taken away your sorrows, 
your enemies, you have no fear of the unknown. What else? Can sleep with your two eyes closed. They shouldn't be discouraged. There shouldn't be fear in their midst. Similarly, the psalmist calls us to cry out joy and gladness. For among you is the great and the holy one of Israel. Similarly, St. Paul's admonishes the Philippians to rejoice in the Lord always, as the Lord is near at hand. Have no anxiety about his coming. Turn to God in prayer. Joy, radiate joy, because the Lord is at hand. We have nothing to fear, and if we have, we should turn to the Lord in prayer. John's identity in the gospel was unknown. Many thought he was a Messiah. Hence, he spoke like the prophets of old and challenged the people to turn away from their sins and to avoid the impending punishment. His message was that of, his message was with particular urgency. John calls for ethical social reform in preparation for the coming of the Messiah. He demanded three responses from the people, that they should share their material things with the underprivileged, to carry out daily tasks faithfully, while we share our daily tasks should be taken with seriousness. And then finally, contentment with our earnings. Now we don't need to dip our hands somewhere to make up. We should be contented with what we receive. John's lifestyle attracted considerable respect and his voice to be reckoned with was one to be reckoned with. He lived an austere life, very, very strict as a hermit. People from different walks of life came to seek his counsel, as we had in the text today. The tax collectors we are seen to be corrupt and notoriously dishonest. The Romans collected taxes from the Jews and tax collectors added a sizable sum of, for themselves. And this made them wealthy. They were wealthy people. And they got their pay through extortion from the people. If they asked them to receive 5000 receive $5, they will receive $10. The five will go back to them. This is why John the Baptist said, don't collect more than you are, you are asked to. Similarly, the Roman soldiers, they were the Roman troops sent to keep peace in this distant province. As we know, the Jews were under the Romans, and then the Romans will send their soldiers into the Jewish land. So they oppress the people in the Jewish places. So in order to experience joy, 
They needed to reform their lives. They needed to conform to a certain standard, as John will say to them. Different people came from different walks of life to ask their faith of salvation. And then John counseled them on the way they should behave. Being a day of joy, a Christian is expected to be joyful. Everything one does is towards attainment of joy. It doesn't matter if you have plenty or little. Christians are joyful because we are children of God. God is the source of our happiness. Despite the various challenges confronting us, like the apostles in the early church, we are cheerful because Jesus is capable to give hope in our despair, comfort in suffering, courage in our fears, and help us to rediscover a new meaning of life. We all need to be joyful, irrespective of our condition. Joy comes from the heart. It doesn't come from things. And if our joy is derived from the heart, it is inside, right inside. Nobody can steal it away from you. Hold it very well. They can steal your things. Your joy should be with you. You will get more, even. Everybody should have his joy and keep radiating it. Joy is good if it is shared with other people. You can't keep it alone. We hoard materials today. A lot of things, people hoard them. They go and hide them. They go and keep them. But joy, unless it is given out, it is of no value. You need it. You need to pass it on to other people. We can draw a huge lesson from the story of a rich lady that went to her psychiatric counselor because she felt her whole life was empty and had no meaning. Her life had no meaning. She was miserable. The counselor called over the old lady who cleans the office floors and then said to the rich lady, I am going to ask Mary here to tell you how she found her happiness. All I want you to do is to listen. The old lady put down her broom and sat on a chair and told her story. Well, my husband died of malaria. And three months later, my only son was killed by a car. I had nobody. I had nothing left. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I never smile, smell, smiled at anyone. I even thought of taking away my life by suicide. In one evening, a little kitten 
followed me home from work. Somehow I felt sorry for that kitten. It was cold outside, so I decided to let the kitten in. I gave it some milk and it licked the plate clean. Then it poured and rubbed against my leg. And for the first time in months, I, sm I smiled. Then I stopped to think if helping a little kitten could make me happy. So the next day, I baked some biscuits and took them to a neighbor who was sick in bed. Every day, I tried to do something nice for someone. It made me happy to see them happy. Today, I don't know of anybody who sleeps and eats better than I do. I have found happiness by giving it to other people. She derives her happiness in helping other people. Today she's a woman of great joy. And she does not keep it to herself. She extends it to other persons. Today the Laudate Sunday, the Gaudate Sunday, we're supposed to radiate joy. The Christian's supposed to be a happy person. Happy because Jesus has died and risen. Happy because we are children of God. Happy because we have everything we need. That it does not depend on material things. It depends on God himself. This is why even the early Christians, in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verses 42 to 46, they made a difference from other people. They were sharing their food together, eating together, doing things in common. And the number kept increasing. People came to identify with them. And some will say, I would like to be like you. Because they saw in them what they have not seen with other people. Dear friends, our happiness must be shared with other persons. I have always said that we will go with nothing. We found it here and we will leave it here. And if we are leaving it here, then make productive use of it. So that even before you go, you would have dispensed as much as possible. So that others will be able to feel the happiness you have impacted on them. What is John telling us today? The first thing he said that we must act justly. We must act accordingly. That the Christian must be someone that shares whatever he has. And then in your daily tasks, you must not be wanting, found wanting in your daily work. And finally, we should be contented whatever God has given to us. So we pray as we journey along the last period, last week, that leads to the final last week, of Advent, we will hasten up to put things together towards a better celebration.
Thank you for listening to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast. For additional podcasts and media, visit us on the web at www.sanneaz.org. Again, that's www.stanneaz.org. St. Anne, pray for us.